0: Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark-rageous moment, veterans being cheated by our own Veterans Administration, Veterans Affairs Department, just upsets me so much. I'll tell you what they've been up to, cheating our veterans. And coming up yet later... New report How much it costs to use an ATM, and it's absolutely shocking. But I have good news on that front as well. And I want to mention that uh, I'm back from annual training. If you're not aware, I am a state guardsman, and in our annual training this year, uh, we did joint training exercises with the uh. Army National Guard and the Air National Guard, and it is such a privilege I have to serve with my fellow Americans, something that has been my privilege now as of next month for 18 years to be able to be of service, and it's something that when you hear me talk with somebody who either was a vet or serves our nation today... How thankful I am to you, particularly in an era of an all-volunteer military, that you get to serve our nation. You know, we have such a wonderful country, and I'm so grateful to be able to live in the United States of America as a grandson of four immigrants to the United States. It is uh, something that I appreciate every morning when I wake up, and every night when I go to bed, that we live in this great nation. I want to talk about something that I did just two days ago, and it's something I told you was coming but is now fully launched. There's a lot of concern about how much data various organizations have on us. And one of the companies that has a big spotlight on it for abuse and potential abuse of the information they collect on us is Google and Google lives in constant fear that we in the United States are going to pass laws that will impose privacy restrictions, rules and rights for consumers like exist in Europe. You know, Europe is so much further along than us where you have the right to control the information that any organization has about you. And you have the right even to do something called the right to be forgotten, where any information about you that is on the Internet has to be destroyed. And it cannot be viewed by anybody. And the only exception would be anybody who is a public figure working in the media, um, in public life of any kind, running for, you know, somebody who's, Uh, elected official, anything like that, everybody else has the right to have their personal data wiped clean. Well, that is terrifying to various technology organizations in the U.S. So Google now has launched a new activity suite, as they call it, where you're able to control what information of yours is there and set it up, more importantly, automatically to wipe out your data. And once you set this up, every day data of yours gets wiped out. Now, let me ex- explain to you how this works. You go to, you sign into whatever account you have with Google, and then you type in myactivity.google.com. Let me repeat that myactivity.google.com. And when you do that, you get to see. Everything that Google has on you, which was stunning when I got there. And then you have the right, once you're there, to have Google wipe out everything they have on you that is 90 days old or older. And you can choose the time from 90 days to a year and a half that you would let Google have everything for that period of time. Then after that, everything gets wiped clean. So I chose 90 days, the shortest time period. And every day, the 91st day, is the calendar flips an additional day, gets wiped clean. So it's a compromise. It clears a massive amount of stuff about you. Especially important for anybody who maybe did things in their teens or 20s that on reflection, they're like, oops, that wasn't the best idea. You now have the ability to erase history, at least the history that Google has on you. For periods of time, again, 90 days or more, up to a year and a half or more, gets cleared out. And then with the automatic setting, you don't have to go back and remember to clear things out. It just automatically does it, day after day. Let me give the website one more time, myactivity.google.com. Google's been busy also with another capability that is Google Password Checkup, where it will um, Google will look at what they know about what websites you've signed into and what passwords you're using and whether those either, A, have already been compromised... B, are likely to be compromised, or C, you have a very safe setup for personal security. And we have a briefing and step-by-step how to use Google Password Checkup on Clark.com. Chuck is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly, Chuck. How's your day going?
1: Going real good. and The weather's nice.
0: Great. Yeah, we are uh, in that re- time of year that most of the country benefits from good weather every single day.
1: Yep, yep. I like the fall. Um, the reason I was calling is uh, I get a monthly car allowance through my employer, but one of the requirements is it can't be more than a five model years old, and so I'm coming up on where I got to get a new vehicle. I wasn't sure if I should lo- look like a, buying a one-year-old used car, a new car, or maybe even should consider leasing?
0: So great question. So the, um, the math is really clear on this, and the math became much clearer because of all the people driving for app-based rideshare, Uber, and Lyft, that mathematically you want to have a vehicle that is several years old in order for you to have, in your case, the greatest benefit from being reimbursed with a car allowance. So you get a new vehicle, the greatest depreciation on that vehicle is the first 36 months. Mm -hmm. So since you can't have a vehicle older than five years, your smartest move would be to get a three- or four-year-old vehicle. Okay. Because then, the depreciation, sorry? I wasn't even thinking about looking at that old. I was thinking one year, but yeah, maybe I need to look at that. Yeah. You know, here's the weird thing with one year old vehicles Um, vehicle sales right now are in the toilet, pretty much. That the marketplace is exhausted buying new vehicles. So, Mm -hmm. right now, quicker than automakers can temporarily shutter manufacturing facilities auto sales have dried up for every type of vehicle you could think of so it means that right now if you were looking at a one perhaps two-year-old vehicle different than normal advice because the automakers have so much inventory in the dealers so much inventory they've got to dump it's possible you would find a better deal on a brand new vehicle than you would on a 1-year-old used one. Okay. And so I would say this is this is polar extremes. I would say look at a new vehicle and particularly look past model year. Instead of looking for, you know, the 2020s are on dealer lots and heavy numbers okay. now. Look at yep. 2019s that are unsold and even with a lot of models 2018s are still sitting unsold those are the ones you get the real deal for especially if you hold them keep them for several years or i would go to the other extreme because the absolute best math of all would be you buying an older vehicle that would keep you under that five-year cap okay so that gets you the most bang for those reimbursement bucks all right. I appreciate the advice. Sure. Have a great day. Stephen's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Stephen. Hello, Clark. How you doing today? Great. Thank you, Stephen. You got a question for me about buying cars. I sure do. And first, I want to say thank you and your team for all you do for us consumers out here. Well, it is my pleasure to be of service as best I can.
1: That's right. Well, I want to know, Clark, if you thought it would be worth the $60 Costco membership the just to have access to their car buying program because we don't have a, a Costco within two mile two hours of here and and the closest one I, we, I never visited that location so I just wonder if you thought it would be be worth the membership fee just to have access to their um, to, to them buy a car buying program
0: and probably not because the Costco car buying program is set up with cooperative dealers in the area where that store is that you would join. That's two hours away. So not only would oh. you be joining a Costco two hours away, you'd be buying your vehicle two hours away as well. So that's a I lot see. of work. But I will tell you, if you're willing to do this, if you um, go on like uh, Auto Trader and look at new vehicle inventory for whatever make, model, and year you're looking for, And do a 200-mile search for that vehicle that you're interested in. A lot of dealers now quote prices on AutoTrader on their new inventory. And so what you can then do is, and the reason I want you to do a 200-mile radius, because that's about as far as people are willing to travel, you know, a three-hour drive to get a better deal on a vehicle. You can use the prices you find online to then email dealers that are more in your area and tell them, you know, you want this vehicle, you want this version of the vehicle, you want any of these colors, these options, and and with any dealer, you can go on their website and see what inventory they have right now, and you can say, right. hey, I see... The following VIN numbers you have available, I'm interested in any of these. I've been shopping around, what's the best price you can offer to me, and please include all uh, mandatory dealer fees in your quote. Okay, okay. So it's it's more work than just going to the Costco vehicle buying program, but if you're willing to search inventory, find what you want, and then put dealers in competition with each other, you'll be able to get a great deal and you want everything figured out before you ever go to the dealer to sign paperwork.
1: That sounds like a great idea, Claude. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. It is, you know, there are many ways to buy vehicles now. And I used to talk about car being one of my favorites, but TrueCar has, in my opinion, really messed up their car buying model, and they did it because they got a lot of pressure from dealers to change the transparency of their program and and took away the real power for the consumer using TrueCar. Costco's program is still clean, which is a different kind of car buying thing, but otherwise there's a lot of power you have right over the internet to get a great deal And it won't take you more than probably 30 minutes of your time to survey the market and find a solid, real deal on the vehicle you want. Today's Clarkrageous moment is something that I've been stewing over for a few days and had to wait till I calmed down to talk about it. I've discovered that there are certain injustices that really just hit me so hard that I'm best off giving myself a a little bit of time. It's like what you hear about people with emails. If they're angry at somebody and you write an email, you can't recall it, even though later on reflection you're like, I shouldn't have said that. So I do that sometimes with the Clark-rageous moment, and this is one of those cases because it involves our brave men and women of the U.S. military. Rip-offs. Outrages. It's a Clark
1: Regis moment.
0: This is a report from the Veterans Department, Veterans Affairs Office of Inspector General. So the Inspector General is like an independent cop inside a federal agency that is there to let you know when there's been wrongdoing to try to make sure that the laws of the United States are properly carried out and that wrongdoers are exposed. So the inspector general of the VA found that roughly one in three veterans who have sought emergency health care where they go to a medical facility because something's wrong with them, that the VA, in order to save money, is just denying their claims, even when they have a perfectly legitimate reason to seek medical care that should be reimbursed by the VA. This is inexcusable and unacceptable. These men and women who have served our country and put their lives on the line for your and my freedom deserve more than just a thank you from us, they deserve that the promises we have made to them will be carried out. And I just cannot understand how pencil pushers at the VA would decide that what would make them heroes is if they cheat people, cheat our veterans, out of reimbursements that they are due for emergency medical care that they have received. This is a shameful episode, and it should not happen again. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. If you like deals, you like bargains, check out ClarkDeals.com. So dealing with banks is usually no deal at all, and I got a new rip-off warning for you right now. Rip-off alerts, rip-off alerts. This is a Clark Howard rip-off alert. Okay, this is a riot and such an example of arrogance. The average ATM charge in the United States now is $4.72. Okay, that's just silly beyond belief. The cost to a bank for doing an ATM transaction is a couple of cents. And it's one of the highest profit margin things that banks offer. And so that banks charge this kind of money is beyond outrageous. Why do they do it? Well... In the aftermath of the banking scandals last decade, the federal government made a decision that they were going to bail out the big banks and let small banks sit and spin. And so we had a massive closure of smaller banks that provided the competition in the marketplace in the United States. And so then we went from a very small number of banks having massive market share. Four banks in the United States have half of all banking business in the U.S. And in their DNA is just to figure out how to gouge you day after day after day. That's what they do. And they do it with a massive taxpayer subsidy that they got after the banking scandals. Nobody went to prison, speak of. And their reward for doing so many illegal activities was now these giant banks have this massive market share. But the last laugh will be on them. Because yeah, they're ripping people off and cheating you with these massive ATM charges, but there are several developments going on all at once that show that you and I have the power not these giant monster megabanks that are building up so much ill will throughout the country with their disgusting behavior. So, number one, the number of transactions at ATMs has fallen off a cliff. ATMs are actually disappearing around the country because people don't use cash like they used to. It's one of the reasons why robberies are down so much in America because there's no money to get from somebody when you tell them this is a stick-up because so few people carry any meaningful amount of cash anymore. Second, we now have alternatives that were not anticipated a decade ago that are growing at rapid rates because of the abuses visited on us by the giant banks. We now have an ever-expanding roster of online banks offering alternatives at much, much lower costs than what we are used to seeing today. This is a big development to the benefit of you as a consumer. Next thing, credit unions have moved in to fill a lot of the vacuum that was left when the feds abandoned small local banks during the aftermath of the banking scandals. So credit unions have found lots of room to open up and do the mission that they are about, which is to provide cooperative banking services at much, much better deals than you get from a bank. The reality is none of us should ever get ripped off by a bank. There's no reason anymore because there's so, so much competition in the marketplace. We just have to open our eyes and our ears and grab it. Just as one example, think about that the big banks pay essentially 0% on your savings. But the online banks, even with the cuts in interest rates, a lot of them are still paying roughly around 2% on savings. Not a great amount, but compared to the big banks paying nothing, 2%, as best I can tell, 2% is two points better on your money than 0%. Unless my math is bad. Kathleen is with us on The Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kathleen. Hello, thank you for taking my call. Certainly, Kathleen, you have something that's a blast out of the past that nobody wants to get blasted by. What happened?
2: Uh, Well, I co-signed some student loans for um, a very responsible family member uh, a couple of decades ago, and recently the family member had been having difficulty that I was unaware of. and. Became late on a couple of the loans um, oh. that I co signed on. Oh. So, yeah. And, and they were small balances at this point. Um, but overnight, I noticed my credit score went from the 800s to the 600s and, and literally overnight.
0: Um, How many late pays showed up on your credit report? Um, 30 day late, 60 day late, 90 day late for these two loans?
2: one 60 day late on each of the two loans
0: okay so that i can't sugarcoat the, this that's not good no. what is going on about the loans themselves
2: i paid them off i i called up the loan company and said oh we don't want to do this again uh how much will it cost me to just pay these off and i did that
0: you are a generous soul
2: well, this is a hardworking person who's very reliable and has been dealt some unfortunate situations. so
0: So you were generous when you signed originally and generous again and you're suffering the consequences of your kindness and generosity. Yes all right but, how you know. many how many other loans? We'll get back to how you mitigate the damage in a second. How many okay. other loans are there that are outstanding that you co-signed for this family member? 0. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. So so you you cut your losses, the damage is done. Yes. Good. Good. All right. So the initial hit as you described is extremely high for someone who had a a golden or near perfect credit score. But the score will rehabilitate Gradually, and you'll see a meaningful improvement over the next 12 months. But it usually will take—you're um, not going to like this—but it will usually take two years for those over 60s to really stop impacting you like they are right now. Okay, completely. Well, are you planning? Are you planning to buy a home or anything? Any major transactions that you'd have to borrow money for in the next two years?
2: Well, I hadn't until the house across the street from me went up for sale recently. And um, my husband and I thought, well, that we, we obviously know the neighborhood. We've been here 30 years. We don't have a mortgage anymore. So we thought maybe we would look into that.
0: So but, can your husband qualify for the mortgage on his income alone?
2: Oh, no. He's disabled.
0: Oh, okay. so So you're the one who has to qualify. All right. So what that would mean if you want to proceed with that, with a score in the 600s, is you likely would want to take out a loan that I normally would not advise, and that's to take out an adjustable rate mortgage that you would do with the intention of only having the loan outstanding for a couple of years till you could refi with a higher credit score. Mm, Okay. And that would be how I'd handle that. Because it's an unusual situation, and a mortgage underwriter, particularly, uh, you know, I mentioned credit unions just a second ago. A mortgage, a loan underwriter at a credit union might look at your history, and and allow you to take out a, a good quality loan, an A level loan, even though you've had this temporary ugly hit to your credit score.
2: That's a good idea. I've been with my credit union for almost 40 years and they had my mortgage and when I had a mortgage and they have my uh, credit card so they know me. So credit-wise. go meet
0: with face-to-face with a mortgage loan officer at the credit union and explain okay. the situation, explain why you took the 200-point hit and see if they can work with you so you can buy that house across the street if that's your goal.
2: All right. So you think basically it'll be about two years to start rebounding?
0: No, no. You'll start rebounding much quicker, but to heal your score to a level where you're considered to be a top-tier borrower will take probably 24 months. Okay. So it's it's not like you stay in the doldrums the entire time period because everything else about your credit history obviously has been as good as it could be with the score in the 800s. And so I think you'll be okay in a relatively reasonable period of time. It's just the complicating factor is you want to buy that home right now. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hello, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, David. You have a question that has been coming up more and more frequently over the last year and a half. Hit me with it and I'll tell why it's been happening more often.
1: Okay, sir, I just retired at age 65, and I have a cash balance pension plan with my current employer. I have three options. I can leave it where it is. It'll earn 4% a year. I can take the cash balance and roll it into an IRA, or I can take an annuity. And the annuity, um, and I have a fairly large cash balance in there, and I was wondering what you thought I should do.
0: So, uh, you know, I always talk about annuities being a cuss word, but annuitizing a pension is a different kind of thing and, in many cases, a very good thing. Are you married?
1: Yes, sir, I am.
0: So I recommend that, that you look at the annuity annuitization, as it's referred to, of the pension, where it's for the rest of your life and your spouse's life as well. Okay, I,
1: there are different options for the spouse, and the one I was looking at was the 50% joint and survivor.
0: I right, like 100% for this reason, uh, your spouse's expenses aren't going to cut in half the second you're no longer there.
1: Well, that means I would get a much smaller amount every month.
0: Exactly. But your, you know, women live longer than guys do. And uh, is her age similar to yours?
1: Yes, she's 64.
0: Okay. So she, um, according to the actuarial tables, you know, she's got a pretty good chance of living well into her 90s. And you and I as guys, you know, uh, early 80s often tends to be it for us. So she's got a lot of years to pay for, likely, um, you know, statistically, in, in the event of your passing, and so the problem is for her, $0.50 cents then is a bigger problem for her than you taking a smaller payment now, because we're still at a point, because I'm 64, you know, I'm, we're still at a point that we can keep working now, mm-hmm. but two decades from now, probably not. You know, we're either not of a mind to or physically not able to.
1: They also have a 75% option. So that would be
0: the compromise. Yes. All right. And the reason I gravitated to you getting basically an allowance every month for the rest of your life and your wife for hers is that the alternative of getting a cash out, it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to generate as much income from a lump sum as you can from getting the payout. How strong financially is the company you've retired from?
1: Uh, It is uh, one of the major electric utilities in the country. Well, that doesn't
0: mean they're strong. Well, I believe they are. (laughs) So if a company that's going to be paying it is financially sound, as best you know, normally it's better for you to, to take the monthly payment But if you wanted to be focused on your exact situation, you can pay a financial person for an hour or two of his or her time to run the calculations for your exact situation. It needs to be a fee-only planner because anybody else would have a vested interest in trying to tell you how they're going to be your hero investing that money and generating more money than you'd get from the monthly check which very rarely ever happens, I I would suggest that you go to a Garrett Planning Network person, GarrettPlanningNetwork.com, pay them for the time they need to evaluate and give you their best uh, information and knowledge on which of the options you have that are available to you, you should take.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: The bust of Thomas Cook leaving people stranded around the United States and around the world has led to a lot of people being concerned about what happens when travel suppliers go bust. What's your angle on this?
1: Well, i I matter of fact, I traveled to Los Cabos, Mexico, and that wasn't a big concern because I figured I could always take a bus back to the border. But you get into Europe, and friends of mine have told me they have different laws in Europe then you're not as well protected there as you would be here. So how would a U.S. citizen get back? They can get their money back, but how do they get back? I mean, well, actually, who, who the, Europeans,
0: the Europeans have better protection than we do because it was the largest peacetime uh, repatriation in history. As best anybody knows, 600,000 people were stranded around the world and European governments paid to get their own citizens home, Americans who were stranded at various places around the world had to dig in their own pockets unless they had trip cancellation and trip interruption insurance.
1: So that is extremely important that you carry that insurance, but who would they call? I, so, you... so
0: if you buy a policy, let's say you travel a lot, you can buy an annual policy. If you travel infrequently, you buy one per trip, and these policies cover a lot more than just a supplier going bust when you're somewhere around the world. They cover if you can't go because of an illness, or you get injured and you have to get home and all that. To see how they work, what they cost, and what they cover, go to insuremytrip.com. Let me repeat that, insuremytrip.com.